Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you again for joining once again today. Another solid Minnesota Vikings victory. At least the score looks really good. <laughs> 37-17, but I wouldn't call it the prettiest game ever. But nonetheless, another Minnesota Vikings victory. And with things taking place in the NFC North today, the Minnesota Vikings officially in first place. So regardless, it feels good. The bad news is every win seems to come at a cost. Every time. Um, Now we're sweating Xavier Rhodes' ankle. Is it badly sprained? Is it broken? It sounds more like Sprainville, and hopefully it's okay. But, uh, well... I don't know. I don't know what to make of it at this moment as I'm recording segment number one. The news is not broken. Same for Tom Compton. That's also kind of sitting there and floating around in limbo. So perhaps into the second segment or the third, something will break in between now and then. So at this moment, nothing is going on. I've got my monitor right in front of me as well, ready to uh, pop up the news. I pass on news. I don't break news. I'm not a reporter. I don't have the uh, job to be a reporter, unfortunately. I'm more of kind of a, uh, <clears throat> well, you guess, I guess you could say a guy who is here for discussion and kind of an, a quote-unquote anchor, I guess, a news, news anchor for Vikings football in terms of Purple Mafia anyway, <laughs> for those of you that listen to this show. Now that I've rambled about that for way too long, the Minnesota Vikings did indeed win 37-17. to Definitely a scary game, definitely a messy game. You look at all the quarterbacks' numbers today and you're like, hoofda. It's amazing that Kirk Cousins didn't throw an interception, but you saw another one of those backwards passes that ended up being a fumble. I don't understand Kirk Cousins sometimes. The guy's arm is beautiful. The guy's uh, skill level is fantastic. We, you know, I mean, best quarterback, long, best long-term quarterback since at least Culpepper, I got to think. Obviously, he had a short-term burst with Brett Favre, and it was unbelievable, and he's one of the greatest quarterbacks that ever lived. Drew Brees passed for his 500th touchdown today, by the way, just moments ago. So, yeah, that's somebody will be playing on Sunday night next week. But let's get back to Kirk Cousins. We'll be talking enough about Drew Brees shortly. Kirk Cousins, obviously, you're still seeing the solid play on the road. But then again, um, well, (laughs) not the prettiest game for either quarterback because, well, the wind. Yes, there was a win factor, and yes, the announcers mentioned it many times, and yes, they had kind of a rough day and all that. They said some funny stuff, but we won't get into that either. I'm not here to bash uh, announcers unless they hated on the Vikings the whole game. Chris Spielman, that was kind of cool to see him again, hear from him again. Of course, the uh, brother of Rick Spielman and former Detroit Lion uh, Hall of Fame linebacker. Fantastic career for him. Rick Spielman, unfortunately for him, ended up being more of an executive than a football player, but that's just kind of how that goes. Ah... Uh, that executive paid Kirk Cousins $84 million guaranteed. He's worth the money, generally speaking. Not the sexiest numbers, again, because both teams kept airing the ball out and paid for it today. Though Sam Darnold's numbers, when you look at them, 39%, all that, 11 of 28, and, and then the uh, multiple interceptions and such. You want to say, oh, Sam Darnold had an awful game. Well, he didn't have a pretty game or anything. Actually, those numbers are wrong. 17 of 42. I don't know why. It's like the score is right, and then the thing didn't refresh properly. He had three interceptions in the game, did Sam Darnold. 40%, uh, 17 of 42 overall, so obviously the percentage didn't go up. A lot of receivers dropped some gimmies, and again, um, some scary moments in this game where I think the Jets could have been a factor. 
The cool part is, well, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, well, history happened today. And two things in history happened today that are quite quite interesting, of course. Adam Thielen, the first uh, NFL wide receiver to get to start a season out anyway with 100 yards in his first seven games. First uh, NFL wide receiver of all time to get uh, 100 yards in the first uh, of all time. Not, not just the Super Bowl uh, era, but every era, that is. But then, so that's unbelievable. That goes all the way back to the start of the NFL. No wide receiver has had 100-plus yards for the first seven games of the season. So Adam Thielen has that, achieved that amount of history. Next week, if Adam Thielen can get 100 yards, he will tie Kelvin Johnson for the only wide receiver ever to achieve 100 yards in eight straight games, period. Period. So that's something pretty remarkable to think about. Uh, remarkable number to think about there. Again, I mean, Calvin Johnson, that's it. <laughs> and if he does it nine weeks in a row, I mean, what the hell? I mean, he might might as well sign a uh, $100 million guaranteed contract. I mean, they might as well sign him for five years and $100 million after that. But we'll just have to wait and see about that. <laughs> He's making his money, though, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he got a nice little raise a couple years ago. And then... After last season, it looked like it ain't much, boy, anymore. And Stefan Diggs signed a fairly reasonable contract. Of course, $72 million to us is bajillions of dollars. To wide receivers, it's not that bad with with the Landry, the Landry contracts and others out there. But um, again, the lack of 1,000-yard seasons uh, hindered Stefan Diggs' numbers, and Stefan probably signed that contract. So that's what we'll think about in the future with uh, Adam Thielen. We'll have to sweat that contract in the offseason, but I'm sure he'd love to stay. Nice combination of uh, Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs. It's a uh, three guys that could help you win a Super Bowl. This running back also by the name of Latavius Murray, an underdog <laughs> in so many ways. And what he's been for this team the last two years with the injuries to, to, to Alvin Cook back-to-back years. Last year was the legitimate out-for-the-season type of injury. And Latavius Murray just did a wonderful job. And Jarek McKinnon helped out so much as well. Latavius Murray, uh, Murray, absolutely the feature back for the Vikings at this moment, and he's doing a wonderful job, again, with now a nagging hamstring injury, which has frustrated the head coach, Mike Zimmer. So that's a ongoing thing there. Latavius Murray definitely deserving of a uh, of being re-upped in the offseason, as long as his uh, price doesn't get too high. <sighs> Where am I going with this? All over the place. The other piece of history? Yeah, the other piece of history... <laughs> That happened today. The Minnesota Vikings won against the New York Jets in their home stadium. Obviously, this is not their original home stadium for the first time ever. So, the first game the Minnesota Vikings ever played against the New York Jets was way back in 1970. If you listened to the show last week, I was the only media member in the entire Twin Cities that covers the Minnesota Vikings, or you could say in the entire planet, until Corey Cove finally mentioned something on Fanline today. <laughs> or Wineline, whatever they call it, Viking Fanline on KFAN. The first, uh, the only media member to ever even bring it up that the Vikings had never won on the road against the New York Jets. So today, the Minnesota Vikings won on the road against the New York Jets, so the 48-year drought ends. That's why the title of the episode is what it is, the end of the 48-year drought. So that's awesome. Um, But at the end of the day, the batted down passes, the incomplete passes, the, uh, the missed kick by Bailey because of the sudden burst of wind, the sudden gust of wind at the last second. And a 42-yarder. That was disappointing and scary. Scary game in the first half again for a little while there. 
I mean, you go into halftime with a 10-7 to lead, you're thankful you're leading. And of course, the way the Vikings defense completely just fell asleep on the uh, first touchdown drive of the New York Jets, you were a little bit worried, like, oh boy, don't tell me the Vikings defense is going to start going back that direction again. And luckily, generally speaking, they didn't. The second touchdown wasn't a good one. It wasn't that great. It was a pretty easy drive for the Jets, but it was very, very, very late in the game. And whatever. I mean, you can't get too mad after that. Uh, Vikings red zone defense, absolutely fantastic. Uh, New York Jets, again, several turnovers in the game. But a lot of these interceptions were unearned. In fact, I'd I'd say just about all of them for Darnold in this game. The wind factor obviously was what it was. And you could talk about it forever. It was leading to several incomplete passes and some unbelievably hideous quarterback ratings for both quarterbacks, quite frankly. Kirk Cousins wound up with 95.9 because of the wind out of the sales touchdown that made it 37-7 to late in the fourth quarter. That was kind of fun. That just said, screw this. This game is, you, the Jets are not catching up at this point. That was great. Um, but that, so that boosted uh, Kirk Cousins' statistics. Uh, Sam Darnold's quarterback rating 34.4, just hideous. And again, the under interceptions and the... <clears throat> drop passes one after another, including one by the tight end Tomlinson that could have gone for an easy first down, if not a hell of a lot more. Uh, multiple drops by the Jets receivers that really hurt the uh, really hurt the Jets to cause throughout the game. Uh, Cannon had a big play at one point. That was the best <laughs> receiving play throughout the game, but uh, drops by Crowell wide open, wide bleeping open was Crowell. He, he did get one 21-yard play in the game, but a just wide-open drop. Roberts was, well, he had some moments, and he was frustrated later in the game. Anderson, same thing. He ended up throwing a football at the referee when he thought he was pass interfered with by Hill, <clears throat> Holton Hill, who was playing for a reason. Actually, that was Javon Curse at the moment, but uh, Holton Hill obviously got significant playing time today for a reason. <laughs> But uh, several drop passes by the Jets throughout the game. And again, the wind doesn't help, but still very catchable passes. I could drive you absolutely up the wall. But uh, thank you for dropping the ball, I guess. Uh, the Jets could have easily had a better game today if those passes were caught. But the one thing, the Minnesota Vikings did put 37 points on the board. So whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, the turnovers do count for something. You have to catch the ball, obviously. And if you're gonna, <laughs> if you're going to not drop it, if you're not going to catch it, just, I mean, for God's sakes, bat the ball down like Adam Thielen did, which saved Kirk Cousins an interception at one point in the game. Could have been interesting still. Big play by uh, Adam Thielen there. They just bat the ball up in the air, and that's all there was to it. And the interception was made. Harrison Smith was able to get an interception as it was multiple bounces. Xavier Rhodes could have had it, but ultimately Harrison Smith was able to get it, and he returned the ball 52 yards, which led to... Uh, Wonderful uh, draw, wonderful points, at least for the Vikings. Trey Waynes had a key interception, and then which, which was wonderful. Trey Waynes was just awesome throughout the game today, and ultimately down the stretch, he ended up being the best cornerback on the Vikings. He was this kind of the captain, you could say, because Xavier Rhodes, again, <clears throat> kind of a tangled-up play with the New York Jets out receiver, which, is, which was uh, Jermaine Curse, I believe. It was number 10. That's who I thought it was. Uh, Jermaine Curse, they kind of just tangled up and Xavier Rhodes' ankle was kind of trapped into the ground and you know how that goes unfortunately. Xavier Rhodes is moving forward and his ankle's caught, his foot's caught and stuff happens. Again, we're hoping it's just a whew, that's a crazy score. Uh, we're hoping it is a sprain, but he was having a hell of a time even putting any pressure on it and 
Yeah, I don't know. When players are unable to put pressure on their foot until the very, very end of the, <laughs> until the very, very end when they get to the sidelines, I don't know. It's 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 scary. But at least the guy was standing out there, so <clears throat> that's hopeful. Standing out there still in uniform. He wasn't way back in the locker room getting uh, treated. So we'll just have to wait and see with that news how it's going to come out. Um, the special teams today struggled a bit. Andre Roberts had a huge day uh, with the returns. Obviously, he had six kick returns, so he had lots of opportunities. But, I mean, he had he averaged 32 yards. That's unbelievable. He had 20 yards here, 30 yards there, 40 yards here, and then ultimately a 52-yarder, which or 53-yarder, pardon me, which did help the Jets along the way, kind of keep them in the game. Matt Weil was unbelievable throughout the game today. He had to punt literally from the back of the end zone because the Vikings were literally on the one-inch yard line. I mean, it was just about a safety when Kirk Cousins was sacked. <clears throat> just about. But Matt Weil was fantastic. Uh, Edwards on the other side had a couple of nasty ones that he made up for it with a few boomers. He had a 23-yard punt, but ultimately a 60-yard and helped his average be not too far behind Matt Weil. But Weil, great game today, ultimately. Uh, eight punts for both of the punters today. And I would hope the punters were the guys punting the ball. So the, the way I worded it there. But uh, overall, a, uh, <clears throat> they did a hell of a job. And they were very busy today because of the, ult- the constant three and outs. And the Jets were hanging around because the Vikings offense sputtered and struggled and had nasty game, uh, nasty moments here and there. But good field position due to the turnovers and all that. And great defense down the stretch, pinning the Jets way back. So the Vikings ultimately getting good field position. Uh, Marcus Sherrills was, was solid today. I mean, he looks a lot older. <laughs> he looks just every day, it seems like he looks, every game he looks a little bit older. I don't think he's going to be the punt returner for much longer, but I've said that every year, and there he is again. Uh, <clears throat> Zilstra was able to <laughs> get his first catch of the of the day today. He also returned one of the uh, kickoffs five yards, so that was nice. Or actually, it was a punt at the end of the day. Holden Hill, I, I like him as a kick returner. Is the Jets only ultimately get two kickoffs in the game? Well, other than a touchback, by the way. But uh, Holden Hill is pretty good, actually, at the end of the day. A 30-yarder and 28.5. So basically upper 20s and, and a 30-yarder for Holden Hill in the kick returns. I, I, I like him as a kick returner. He's solid. But now if your secondary continues to get thinner and thinner and thinner, I don't know. I mean, you're going to have to really be sweating when that guy's returning kicks, because if he gets hurt, holy mother of Moses. I mean, hello, practice squad. And Super Bowl teams don't have practice squad guys as cornerbacks starting, that kind of thing, even a backup. That's kind of dangerous. God bless practice squad players. Sometimes they end up being fantastic, like Adam Thielen. But on the, but literally during the season, though, I don't know. I don't know about bringing in a guy off the practice squad during the season. And then there's other talk about a guy by the name of <clears throat> Mr. Big Mouth. Mr. Big Mouth, there was talk about that last week because of the Vikings. Obviously, the, they, there's a depth problem at cornerback now with the loss of Mike Hughes and, of course, the retirement of Terrence Newman. That Mr. Big Mouth is available from the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, it's a lost season over there. They're not going to really do anything. And Mr. Big Mouth just might be available via trade. And Mr. and that guy's name is Richard Sherman. Of course, the former Seahawk who really likes to chirp. And he chirped at the Vikings as well, including Laquan Treadwell in the season opener. <sighs> that would be the darndest thing ever. Richard Sherman, Minnesota Vikings. But uh, you know what? <laughs> that is probably something I would consider at this time. And, well, what else are you going to do? Uh, I don't know. Um, that's what you're going to... It's something to consider. 
if the San Francisco 49ers don't want a whole lot for him, depending on, I mean, some kind of draft pick, obviously, if it's not too high, you might have to do that, especially if Xavier, Xavier Rhodes is out for the season. Because, well, we we know about broken ankles around here, don't we? Nick Easton and Pat Elfline. We know how long those take to heal and how it can affect you and all that. And it was obviously Easton out for the season. He broke his ankle last year. And now he's going through this uh, similar situation this year and all that. Uh, it's so frustrating with Nick Easton. It's such a crying shame. And then, of course, Elfline broke his ankle you know, uh, last year in the uh, NFC Championship game. And it took it took forever for him to come back. He wasn't back until, what, what was it, the third game. So, I mean, what do you do? And we all know what that third game was, too. Oh, oof, duh. We don't want to remember that. But um, <clears throat> bottom line... A fun win at the end of the day. Not a fun game to watch necessarily because what a mess it was. But <laughs> hey, 37-17, to the multiple interceptions. It was funny too because right as Xavier Rose gets injured and it's like, oh boy, Holton Hill has to be the main guy now full time, at least for the rest of today's game. And the, the Jets were still kind of sort of in the game. And that one, that one was on Darnold. I mean, Darnold threw it right to Holton Hill. The first two were batted up in the air, that type of thing. I mean, I, I, I don't know. They probably weren't the most accurate pass of all time, but one of at least one of them was right on the numbers. There's no excuse for that crap. The other one was on the hands. So, again, come on, man. <laughs> but the third one was right to Holton Hill. So it's like, how ironic was that? Xavier Rhodes is literally carried off the field until like the last couple steps there. He was actually able to put his injured foot, ankle down. And then Holton Hill gets a, <laughs> Holton Hill gets, gets a gift-wrapped interception. <laughs> <laughs> that was just funny. I mean, I'm sorry. That was hilarious. And that just kind of figured. And I get, and it was like, yes, it's the Vikings day today. So that was good. <clears throat> At least we could come out of today's game not feeling like the refs. Oh, the refs, the refs, the refs, the refs. No, um, the Jets had way more penalties than the Vikings, particularly in the first half. The Vikings started to get a couple in the second half, but I'm not going to complain about the officiating in today's game. You can complain about the weather conditions a little bit, but you can also complain about the play calling and the execution. There was a time in the game where the Vikings, what what was it, 20 to 7, right? So you're you're up by 13. That's not bad. Okay, that's a decent lead. But it's like, you know, you still have a whole quarter to play. And, well, here's, here's where I do <laughs> respect the announcer there, Brenneman. For what he said. That was a really bad three and out by the Vikings. I mean, you're a Super Bowl contender. And you're obviously having trouble with the wind, this and that. And you're hurling the ball downfield when you could be burning the clock a little bit. It was about eight minutes remaining, per se. And you you could be burning the clock a little bit. You take less than a minute off the clock. Less than a minute off the clock. Hurling the ball downfield where there was just no completion. Uh, it wasn't anywhere near Robinson at the time. Who would be a, uh, a little bit of a hero later on. But it was a just a meaningless play, terrible blocking, on uh, for for Mike Boone. He was basically gang tackled by like two or three uh, the uh, defensive the linebackers and, and defensive tackles there. Um, so it was multiple situations there where the Vikings really didn't accomplish a whole lot. Just some dumb plays, and you took less than a minute out, and it was three and out, less than a minute off the clock, and then it gave the it put the Jets right back in it, down by thirteen. I mean one quick drive down the field, it's a one-score game. So that I agreed with. But generally speaking, though, when it mattered, the Vikings were able to get the job done. You're up 30-17. to 17. 
you get the interception and all that. And then it's fourth and what was it? Fourth and it was a fourth and four. You're at the four forty inch line yard line or so, ultimately the thirty four yard line, pardon me. And then you hurl the ball downfield to to Eldrick Robinson. That was unbelievable. So that was definitely taking the wings out of the sails of the uh New York Jets. That was the moment where, okay, let's just put the game away. Yes, it's fourth and four. You figure, oh, we'll just make a small gain. It'll be okay. But ultimately, instead, you elect to go deep to Aldrich Robinson, of all people. And all he does is catch touchdowns. And that's what happened today. One catch, one 34-yard play. And that put the game completely on ice. It was a beautiful thing. That's the kind of gamble I don't mind all the time when you're in that position. Because, okay, so the Jets get the ball back with about two or three minutes left and all that. But there's a but the Jets, there's no way they were thinking that play out. And the Vikings able to make a wonderful completion. Kirk Cousins up to Aldrick Robinson. That was a big play. Stefan Diggs struggled throughout the game, but it wasn't necessarily his fault. Of course, some of those targets were just given to him because they were throwaways and all that. So just trying to keep the ball away from the defender rather than trying to complete the pass. That's basically what they were. And again, yes, the win factor. We could say that about a billion times. Uh, Brandon Zilstra did have a 23-yard catch in that third quarter. That was a beautiful feeling. And that was the only catch he would have, but it was the first, uh, it was a nice way to start out his career, help the Vikings get moving in the second half, and it was a wonderful feeling indeed. 27 points for the Vikings in the second half versus 10 for the Jets. That alone would be a final score type of number, 27 to 10. So nice second half for Minnesota at least on the scoreboard, and there it is. <clears throat> Execution matters more than anything else. I mean, you know, you can say it's not Sam Darnold's fault, and I do agree with that, but you can also say, hey, you know, it's not the Vikings' fault either that the Jets made mistakes. So you, you, you got to capitalize on those mistakes, and the Vikings did. So more power to Minnesota getting the job done at the end of the day. Oh, boy, that was a mouthful. <clears throat> Pretty wild game today. And, of course, again, the injuries have me extremely concerned. I'm sure they have you concerned as well out there. <laughs> Very much so. <sighs> Jaleel Johnson, significant snaps today. He did a good job, helped with a sack. Jalen Holmes had his first sack as a Vikings defensive end. Defensive end, defensive tackle. He was a defensive end, actually, at the end of the day. Um Nice for him. That feels really good. Fourth round pick, Jalen Holmes. Some of us were like, Jalen Holmes, why aren't we taking a guard there? But, well, we took Jalen Holmes and he got the sack. That was nice. Uh, Daniel Hunter, well, he's, he didn't uh, He didn't get a sack today. He got a half sack. And Jaron Kurtz, on one of those blitzes, was able to come in and get the job done. So, uh, safety blitz there for him. Harrison Smith had a couple of knockaways that were just absolutely humongous. One of them could have been a... 40-plus yard gain. It would have put the Jets in the red zone. Yes, their success rate stinks, but it would at least put them in position to score. And that was when it was a pretty scary moment in the game. I mean, when it was still 10-7. to So, big-time play by Harrison Smith. He was just absolutely huge. George Iloka, there's really nothing you can say negative about him. He's been extremely valuable. Trey Waynes, I thought, played his ass off throughout the day today. Um, four batted passes in the game. The guy was just money. That's why he only. <laughs> that's why he only has three tackles because four plays were batted away. I mean that is just something else. And of course the interception, which was big along the way, which helped matters big time. Helped put the Vikings in position to wrap this thing up. 
Anthony Barr now has a sore hamstring going on, so he did not return. He was on the sidelines the rest of the game. Kentrell Brothers saw some action. Anthony Harris saw some action as well. Uh, ben Gideon saw some action. Bits and pieces here and there, mostly on special teams. But again, you're, he's going to see some. Uh, Tom Johnson had a huge tackle for loss, so nice to see Tom Johnson back a factor and uh, a part of things. That really helped uh, pretty much... Uh, put the drop on any type of New York Jets drive in that third quarter. Great play by Tom Johnson, tackle for loss, and overall still a factor for Minnesota. <clears throat> and very happy to have him back in the fold. And, of course, Perry was brought in. David Perry was brought in during the uh, the week off with, of course, uh, Linval Joseph. Noticeably missing. Noticeably missing. Uh, Tom Johnson filling in for him. And, of course, again, uh, David Perry, insurance, and very understandable. He had a pretty nice game today as well. Three total tackles, and he had some big moments along the way as well. So, very, very much appreciated by, by, <laughs> by David Perry coming right back in the fold and playing significant snaps with the loss of Linval Joseph for the moment. And, God, I feel sorry for the Cleveland Browns. Another overtime loss. Oh, you, you wish you could get, like, a point, like in hockey, right? Get something out of it. Oh, I feel for you, Vince Germano. Mm, and other Cleveland fans that might be listening. Crazy. Absolutely nuts. But uh, let's pass out the awards for this episode and for this game today. Minnesota 37-17 over the New York Jets. A mouthful of a game. Wild game. The <laughs> the Fran Tarkenton Memorial, it's got to go to two guys. I, well, the guy that's going to get it for sure is Trey Waynes. Trey Waynes is the guy that gets it at the end of the day. You could definitely give it to Harrison Smith and, of course, Adam Thielen being big down the stretch and that amazing first drive that made us think that this is going to be a blowout. Well, it kind of ended up being a blowout, but it wasn't a it wasn't the kind of blowout that made you feel like, man, we dominated that team. It was the kind of blowout that made you feel we pulled away later in the game, and that's fine. Fine with me. <laughs> Trey Waynes was unbelievable. And, boy, um, New York Jets did not have a good time with Trey Waynes today. Obviously, Darnold and the, and the Jets receivers struggled mightily with Trey Waynes in command in a big way. Huge, huge game by Trey Waynes. So, those are the other two candidates. Again, honorable mentions. Harrison Smith, massive, massive break breakup. And he did a couple of those in previous weeks where the <laughs> Philadelphia Eagle game, uh, obviously the guy was... You didn't hear his name as much, but he made some unbelievable plays that prevented huge plays down the field. That would have changed everything for the Eagles and even Arizona. I mean, Harrison Smith is the kind of guy that, uh, boy, his value to this team is off the charts, and that's why he's, he's, he's gotten an MVP award for me in the past. Very well-deserved, so awesome. Um, I remember he got it for 2015, if I remember correctly. Yes. So with that, the Christian Powder Memorial... Hmm. Well, it's not going to go to Matt Weil. He was pretty damn awesome, too. <laughs> Matt Weil was awesome. I uh, can't really get too mad at Dan Bailey. It's like the injuries, the frustration there, uh, some of the play calling, some of the stupid decisions along the way, too. Not that great. It's kind of like a collective thing. Some of the play calling, like too many, too, too much passing early on. I mean, Latavius Murray's Value is off the charts. Two touchdowns in the game today. Again, like I didn't even get to him, which is just crazy considering all the other crap that went on in the game. I didn't even get to Latavius Murray. Obviously, two touchdowns and one of them like 13 yards out. I mean, that was great. Just a scamper to pay dirt. And just a, just so reliable, ever reliable. 
38-yard scamper along the way as well. I mean, hard to believe he was able to get that one in there. It was such a frustrating game today. But uh, once they started being able to run the ball and being able to block down the field, Pat Elfline, very key on one of them uh, along the way with Rock Thomas, per se. That, that 23-yard rush by Rock Thomas. But um, just another valuable valuable day for Latavius Murray showing what his valuable is to this team. Uh, would be a wonderful fantasy pickup for somebody. I'm sure people picked him up already, especially with uh, Delvin Cook not being a huge factor this year because of the ongoing hamstring injury. He's not been able to play, and Latavius Murray's been getting enough snaps anyway. But uh, the play calling in the first half was extremely frustrating. Just kind of trying to force passes rather than run the ball a little bit, protect the ball this and that, maybe actually get somewhere, even though the Jets' defense is pretty solid. But at the end of the day, Latavius Murray's value came to the surface once again. So kind of ponder memorial, long story longer, just some of the decision-making, the play calling. So I guess you could kind of sort of give it to the offensive coordinator, even though, well, he made a pretty gutsy call later, which made up for it, which ended up putting the game away. So with that, that's the end of it. We'll be back after this. We're going to preview the New Orleans Saints coming and we have to play them on Sunday night, which will be tough to get this show out, but I'll do the best I can. <laughs> I'll do the best I can. Maybe rainy days and Mondays will get that done. We'll see what happens. Because it's kind of a it's a weird time of year when the schedule gets funky, which is always great. Um, and, of course, we'll do a little bit of NFL Roundup as well. So with that, we'll take a break and come back for segment number two. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two, NFL Roundup, NFC North Roundup especially, and of course, the New Orleans Saints preview. That's going to be interesting. A Sunday nighter again. The release of that show is, uh, well, we'll see what happens. I'll, I'll do the best I can with that one. Green Bay Packers did not play today, so they've been eliminated from the conversation. New England and Chicago, that'll be much later. Very fascinating game there. Cincinnati and Kansas City. Coming up tonight, Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll look into that probably more into the third segment. Just a heck of it. Kind of see what's going on. Atlanta hosting the New York Giants. Atlanta Falcons still, their season's still dangling by a thread after an impressive win last week. They're 2-4. and four. Giants 1-5. and five, And Pat Shermer off to a yucky start for his uh, second coaching gig in the league. It's not necessarily his fault, though. <clears throat> Denver Broncos 45-10. to 10. Forget about the Arizona Cardinals. Boy, what a joke. Um, just an absolute nightmare. So we look into it for a couple seconds, I guess. Uh, 45 to 10. Mm. Larry Fitzgerald is the only guy with anything superly positive. Four catches, 40 yards. Oh, yuck. At least Case Keenum had an okay game, but nothing spectacular. At the end of the day, there was a special little play there. Emmanuel Sanders throwing a 28-yard touchdown in the game. But uh, other than that... Boy, just an awful game by the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, three interceptions by Josh Rosen. Two fumbles lost. That's five turnovers, and that's definitely defense winning the game there. And, of course, the running game, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman both getting a touchdown and combining for about 127 yards in the game. David Johnson couldn't get a whole, a whole lot going on, but, of course, with a 21-3 deficit, 
in the first quarter. What do you do? I mean, when you're turning the ball over and you get pick sixes and just an overall awful game by the Arizona Cardinals, there's not a whole lot else to say. Let's just move on. Horrible game for Arizona. And, well, Denver with the nice rebound and Chase Keenum, not a whole major factor in that. They just defense kind of got the job done and won the game. As we will hastily just continue to move on from that. Los Angeles Chargers, not the Rams, 20-19 over the Tennessee Titans. Can't imagine that was the most exciting game to watch, but the Chargers got the job done. The Titans are not playing so great at the moment. Indianapolis Colts, I don't know where this came from. i got to look at this for fun. Did Andrew Luck have a little coming out party again? 37-5, to what's going on here? Um, okay. Well, and no, Buffalo did not win the game. The Indianapolis Colts win their second game of the season. Buffalo looking like they should have against the Vikings, but, well... Yeah, they're looking kind of like the Vikings did against them. Derek Anderson was the quarterback of the uh, Buffalo Bills. I thought he was out of football about 10 years ago. I mean, remember him with Cleveland? Remember him with the uh, Carolina Panthers? Remember him with this team and that team? How the hell is Derek Anderson still playing? And, well, he probably shouldn't be. Three interceptions. He actually had a decent completion percentage, but it doesn't matter when you're turning the bleeping ball over four freaking times in the game with the fumbled loss. Andrew Luck... Only attempted 23 passes. Four of them were touchdowns. Pretty much a perfect quarterback rating. Well, not quite. 131.5. But it's good enough. I mean, it's good enough because he just had an awesome... uh, He was efficient when he was out there, and that's all that matters. Buffalo managing to run the ball for 135 yards in the game. That's crazy. When they only scored five points. But I guess because the quarterback play was so awful, it was just like hut handoff, hut handoff throughout the game. Marlon Mack and my guy Naheem Hines having a nice little day today. All right, 18-yard scamper, 9.4 yards to carry, 47 yards for Hines. That's cool. Marlon Mack, though, with 126. So there you go. That's five offensive touchdowns right there, four passing and one rushing. Marlon Mack, four, of course, for uh, <laughs> four passing for, of course, Andrew Luck. Jordan Wilkins even added 46 yards rushing. Indianapolis Colts just tore this Buffalo Bills defense to shreds. And I don't know, I just watched this. And you see what Arizona did today and how they kind of gave the Vikings trouble in the first half a little bit. And Buffalo today and what happened a few weeks back. It's just weird. I I don't know, it's just weird. It just shows how weird football is. And what the hell, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Detroit, Miami will come back to that later. Carolina 21 to 17 over the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are dropping. The Eagles are dropping. They're not flying. They're three and four. The Philadelphia Eagles are below 500. And well, the Vikings would have home field advantage over Philadelphia right now. That's nice. Uh, we would probably. I don't know. I think Carolina might have field goal. Uh, field goal. Carolina might have uh, home field advantage over the Vikings. But then again, no. The Vikings would be division champions if the season ended today, and Carolina would not. Much to our luck, but. Yeah, freaking Saints. That's the next game. Oh, they're five and one. They're five and one. <laughs> Carson Wentz putting up the numbers, putting up the accuracy. He had a pretty good game, actually. He he really did, but just the result wasn't there. They just didn't get the job done. Seventeen, only seventeen points on the board, and a, a key fumble for Carson Wentz down the stretch. Really good game, though. I mean, honestly, this is a lot of what you saw last year. Just the touchdown number is not as high. Only two. Cam Newton was fairly efficient, too. A quarterback rating of 101.3. I don't even want to think about that radio station. (laughs) No disrespect, but that's not a station I want to listen to. Uh, Maybe about 
25 years ago. It was a lot better uh, locally. <laughs> Zach Ertz, 138 yards. Incredible game once again. Jeffrey, also 88 yards for him, but uh, just not enough. They put up numbers, but they didn't get in the end zone. I mean, that's that's what matters. They got the yardage. They got where they wanted to be and all that, but only two touchdowns for the Philadelphia Eagles, and of course giving up 21 points in the fourth quarter. They were winning the game 17 to nothing was Philadelphia, and they just choked. They just fell apart down the stretch, and Carolina and Cam Newton, who's comeback Cam, and he uh, did what he did, and led the Carolina Panthers to a 4-2 record, and leaving the Philadelphia Eagles just stunned. I mean, you know, it's one thing, you score your 17 points, you're up 17 to nothing, but I mean, with this type of talent, this type of offense, I think the Eagles should have scored more than 17 points, but Oh, well, no one's feeling sorry for the Philadelphia Eagles today. And definitely, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not either. So, oh, well, too bad, so sad. Philadelphia's 3-4, and four, and, uh, well, I don't know. Let's just continue to move on here. I don't want to spend too much time on these, on, on some of these games. Uh, Tampa Bay, 26-23. to 23. Cleveland loses again. Uh, another overtime loss for them. Uh, Tampa Bay missed a field goal that would have won the game at the end, but they ended up winning anyway, so their kicker... Luckily for them, able to redeem himself down the stretch. Baker Mayfield putting up some numbers. He was okay. He was sacked five times, though. That was kind of one of the major keys. The Tampa Bay defense showing up to play a bit at times, getting a good pass rush. But so did Cleveland. They sacked uh, Jameis Winston four times, and they forced four, uh, three turnovers on Jameis Winston today as well. A fumble lost and two interceptions, where Baker Mayfield was clearly the better quarterback of the two. Number one pick versus number one pick, and Baker Mayfield, well, is number six, and Jameis is three. Baker Mayfield was twice the quarterback, <clears throat> pardon the pun, of over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers today, and uh, good for him. Good for him. Let's just keep moving. Jameis Winston, number one pick versus number one pick. I'd rather have Baker Mayfield than uh, Jameis Winston, so that's good for the Browns long-term, short-term, unfortunately for them. Just another bleep and loss. 2-4-1. and one. Luckily for them, only one tie. <laughs> Gosh, I'm surprised they don't have three ties at this point. Which is a hilarious thought. Jaguars hosted the Houston Texans. Oh, goody, what a beauty. And uh, Blake Bortles finally benched, but the only problem is who are you going to put in for him? Well, they didn't sign Kirk Cousins. They didn't acquire Teddy Bridgewater in the offseason, and they're 3-4. and four, So, yeah. I mean, Jacksonville, a team that Almost went to the Super Bowl last year and has a defense and running game that could get you to the Super Bowl, but they have a quarterback that had a couple of cute little games here and there, but generally stinks, and he stunk today. He lost a couple of fumbles, couldn't complete a pass for his life, and that's kind of all there is to it. Deshaun Watson wasn't all that special today either, to be quite frank. A uh, little bit better. Uh, he was a little bit more efficient. At least he didn't turn the ball over, but not a spectacular game. But again, you're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars defense, so it's going to happen. Houston somehow, some ways, first place with a 4-3 and record. That is, uh, wow, the AFC South sucks. It sucks. And, well, beating Jacksonville on the road, that's a pretty key win for the Houston Texans, so good for them. Cody Kessler, again, Cody Kessler was actually fairly efficient, but he did have a turnover and was sacked four times. But uh, Blake Bortles, they just kind of had enough of him, I think. And uh, that's just kind of all there is to it. Lamar Miller, very solid. I've, I've always liked Lamar Miller. 100 yards on the ground, 4.5 average, and he got in the end zone. That's just that's just a solid, solid good running back. Deshaun Watson still struggling. Not the guy he was before that doggone ACL injury. But, uh, well, it's just that's just how it goes, unfortunately. Cody Kessler, I mean, he's just one of those who-the-heck-is-that kind of guys. An NFL backup that's, you know, when he's in there. 
things things aren't going so great and or your starter just flat out sucks and well that's kind of the case for Jacksonville and there's three and four for a reason and I think their management uh, deserves to be questioned heavily after uh, things are going the way they are for them this season extremely just terrible just imagine if they had a quarterback just imagine what if they what if they did sign Kirk Cousins <laughs> but well, I guess I'm not too worried about that I'm glad they didn't New Orleans and Baltimore, we know we're not going to be talking about that one in a second. We're talking about the last two here first, and then off to uh, talking about the Lions and the Bears. Oh, my. There's no Tigers. But uh, good luck to the Boston Red Sox in the World Series. I'm sad the Brewers couldn't make it. They just could not hold on to home field advantage, and the uh, Dodgers will be heading to Bo Sox land on Tuesday night and uh, go Red Sox, I guess. I'm not a huge Dodgers fan. I'm not, but I, I don't know. Baseball lately, it's hard to keep up with with all the other sports going on, but let's move on. L.A. Rams in San Francisco with future Minnesota Vikings cornerback uh, Richard Sherman. Who would have thunk that would happen? 39-10, to 10, the L.A. Rams did what they did. I don't know, man. Uh, right now, the Rams look like uh, they're going to be 15-1, and 1, something like that, but 15-1 and 1 doesn't mean a whole lot in the playoffs, so we'll let that develop. We've learned that the hard way among other teams. C.J. Beathard, a couple turnovers. He let us down last week when the Packers, you know, it looked like they had the Packers beat and they just peed down their leg. San Francisco, just imagine if the 49ers beat the Packers last week. Wouldn't that have been sweet? And they didn't. They just didn't. Uh, Todd Gurley and Malcolm Brown combining for 128 yards. Todd Gurley, two touchdowns again. My God. I mean, my God. You know how it's Todd Gurley the second? Oh, yeah. oh it looks like Todd Gurley too. Todd Gurley, too, literally should be his nickname because, you know what I mean? Think about it. He scores two touchdowns every week. I mean, the guy is just a touchdown machine. He's got to be number one in all of fantasy. Again, I don't follow fantasy. I don't play fantasy. Uh, Any of that, it's just overrated to me. But again, two touchdowns. I mean, every single week for Todd Gurley, the guy's just unbelievable. But Malcolm Brown also adding 65 yards. Good for the uh, Los Angeles Rams, and they just rule the world right now. I'm not happy about it. I wish the Vikings could have knocked them off. They're not 6-0. They're 7-0. And again, I think 15-1 looks really possible. They're, they look like the Philadelphia Eagles of this year. They, they just do. Um, I guess they are. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, things had in that direction in terms of Super Bowl champions and all that kind of stuff, all that nonsense. New England Patriots in Chicago. That was an entertaining game. The Chicago Bears had every chance to win this one, and they just didn't get the job done. Ended sure dramatically, didn't it? We'll get back to that in a minute. But uh, Mitchell Trubisky, clearly uh, one of the better quarterbacks of the future through the NFL for for years to come. Didn't have his best game, but again, he's going against the New England Patriots. He's going against a team that uh, obviously they know what they're doing. They give up yards, they give up this, they give up that. But there's a reason why they've won five Super Bowls, and now they're five and two after an awful start to the season. They look great now, the New England Patriots. They're putting up the numbers against the Chicago defense. That's been looked on as extremely dangerous. They pretty much kicked their butts throughout the game today. Tom Brady did have an interception. He didn't have his best game, but he had a good enough game. I mean, three touchdowns, 108 quarterback rating. Mitchell Zerbisky, couple of interceptions, struggled down the stretch, but still put up numbers at least. Didn't complete the passes he wanted to. Uh, they were leading for a little while were the Bears, but then the rest of the game, they were trailing. They were playing catch-up from the second quarter on. The Patriots just kind of did what they did. Patriots trying to get key first downs. They couldn't get the job done. Gave the uh, Chicago Bears an opportunity, but the Bears just couldn't get the job done in the final drive. Uh, uh, When's the last time you saw this? 
I mean, I'm sure it's happened a few times in the NFL history, probably quite a few, but uh, a couple of, uh, <laughs> I mean, a beautiful heave down the field after a couple of not-so-great, not-so-intelligent play calls, which I'm happy they did that, <laughs> burning the clock a little too much, so the Bears had to heave the ball down the field about 50, 55 yards, Trubisky in that case. The ball was caught, but then, well, yeah, unfortunately for the Chicago Bears, Kevin White, who caught the ball, was a yard out of the end zone because the ball just wasn't quite, it wasn't thrown quite far enough, and that's just how it goes because it's quite a deep pass in that situation, and obviously Trubisky was being pressured and he had to get rid of the ball. It was completed, but Kevin White was a yard out of the end zone, so... The Hail Mary was actually completed, but the Bears still don't tie the game up. I think the Patriots still would have won anyway. They just know what they're doing, but well, sometimes those spectacular momentum plays can change the outcome pretty dramatically, even against a team like the New England Patriots. The Patriots get the job done, and the Bears are three and three, and the Minnesota Vikings are three are excuse me, four, two and three. So higher percentage, winning percentage for Minnesota, and the Bears are at five hundred. So there it is. Detroit Lions also winning today, and they get to 500. The Miami Dolphins could not do to the Detroit Lions what they did to the Bears last week. Miami hosting the game, too, just like last week. But the Bears, uh, excuse me, the Lions had a hell of a game today. 32 points, obviously 32-21. to 21. Miami 4-3, and three. still a couple of solid wins. But I don't know, can you win back-to-back games with Brock Osweiler? I mean, that's the problem. I mean, there was no Tannehill. It's still frickin' Osweiler. Stafford only attempted 22 passes in the game, but he was extremely efficient. Just a really good game. Kind of like Carson Wentz, in a way. <sighs> kind of. Uh, Brock Osweiler actually had a hell of a game, to be quite honest. A quarterback rating of 115. A couple of touchdowns. He didn't turn the ball over. 240 yards. Not bad, to be quite honest. Stafford, though, was just a little bit better down the stretch. And help the Lions close out the deal. And damn it, I wish the Detroit Lions... I mean, I, I wish the Miami Dolphins could have got the job done. But uh, Karen Johnson was just unbelievable throughout the game. Um, really kind of coming on the scene. And LeGarrette Blunt getting those tough yards. He averaged five yards a carry, including a goal line smash into the end zone. But Karen Johnson, a uh, 71-yard uh, scamper. Ultimately, 158 yards for him. Just a huge day today. Miami struggled mightily against the run when it came to the Detroit Lions, and that's what really won the game, despite the fact, again, generally speaking, the Detroit offense was insanely efficient. Obviously, you know, only four incompletions throughout the entire game for Matthew Stafford, and then the running game is that good. It's kind of like, what the hell can you do? I mean, how how are you going to win a game like that when your defense is just getting skewered? So that's just kind of the story there. Detroit Lions, Chicago Bears, oh my, are uh, both 3-3. Three and three. Green Bay Packers 3-2-1, just like the Vikings were coming into today's game, and they were on the bye. So, thanks a lot, San Francisco. Minnesota would have complete sole possession of first place here by a game or more, but unfortunately, that's just simply not the case. So now we get to play a team that we are behind. We are behind the New Orleans Saints, and, well, they're 5-1 and one and having fun and all that. They almost lost today. They almost did. Baltimore Ravens. Number one defense in all of football versus the number one offense in all of football. Baltimore Ravens defense back to being Baltimore again. And they were winning the whole game for the most part until New Orleans was able to score 17 points in the fourth quarter. That sounds kind of familiar, but I don't even want to talk about that anymore. Luckily, the Vikings still won the game. Lamar Jackson got to have a a little moment out there. 
completed one pass. Yay. <laughs> Drew Brees, though, completed his 500th touchdown pass. Elvin Kamara is a guy that scares the crap out of me. Um, Mark Ingram, obviously, is dangerous. He's more of a power back, but Elvin Kamara, that guy, is something else. Uh, he, he's a hybrid, and that's what I fear coming into the game. Drew Brees does what he does. Joe Flacco was fairly efficient in the game, uh, 280 yards. Not bad. Uh, his completion percentage, not where you want it, but Joe Flacco just hasn't been that great for a while. And, of course, the New Orleans defense, they have some pieces that are dangerous, obviously. Uh, they only got one sack in the game, did the uh, New Orleans defense. Michael Thomas is a guy I fear mightily. Alvin Kamara only was able to get uh, a, two catches for 11 yards receiving in the game. But, again, you got to consider who they're going up against. Luckily, the Minnesota Vikings' third down defense is number one in the NFL, and that's going to be one of the keys to victory. It is a home game, which helps. Playing in New Orleans, weird, crappy stuff always tends to happen. It's a home game for the Vikings, but, well, it was a home game for Baltimore today, too, and they ultimately did not end up finishing the job in a game that they led most of the way. The Baltimore Ravens were up 17-7 to after the third quarter, so I don't know. It's just freaking frustrating to see the see the Saints end up winning the game. Will Lutz hit that big clutch field goal against the Vikings last year and uh, right before the miracle. It looked like they, uh, he's a guy, he's still hanging around. He can he can make his kicks, and obviously it's a home game, so the chances of him making the kicks are higher. Cameron Jordan's one of the best DEs in all of football. Mante Teo is still a very valuable linebacker. Obviously, Okafer's a name, this and that. Who can forget some of the other guys? Uh, Marshawn Lattimore is an incredible uh, talent in the secondary. So it's not like Baltimore went up against a defense that's just a frick, that's just Swiss cheese. I mean, unless you're Marcus Williams and you make dumb mistakes in big games, but he didn't make a big mistake necessarily today. So <laughs> I don't expect him to duplicate that kind of silliness again. Obviously a major talent, but a huge rookie mistake. Lattimore did not make that kind of mistake in the past. He's the better of the two. He's an incredible cornerback that I feared greatly. And, well, the Vikings' top cornerback, Xavier Rhodes, probably will not play. Uh, even if it's there's there's no break, is there any chance Xavier Rhodes is going to play against the Saints? <sighs> My confidence is not very high right now. But if Trey Waynes plays like he did today against rookie quarterback Sam Darnold and against all that wind and all that. Yeah, we could talk about the wind a million times, but sometimes the wind can help you too once in a while. Funny things can happen, but generally it doesn't help balls in the air. Like you're attempting three-point shots. You're out in the, you're out playing basketball outside on a day like today. You're not going to take a whole lot of three-pointers. You're going to be going in, inside quite a bit. Just like, yeah, you're going to want short passes and, well, hopefully your field goals aren't too far out. <laughs> Luckily, everybody made their extra points today. Uh, I'm not real confident going into this one, guys, guys and gals. I'm not, I'm sorry, because I'm sure some, some ladies are listening. They, they don't post a whole lot anymore. I miss uh, Robin Sullivan, if she's still listening, from Brooklyn Park. Oh, mm. well, Thomas Morstead, what a great guy. He's still there, too. He had a nice little game, only two punts. He doesn't get a whole lot of work because of New Orleans offense is as good as it is. What a good guy, though, and what a tough son of a gun, too. Thomas Morstead, you know what? I like you. I like you. You're 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 a cool guy. Um, Elvin Kamara. I know you said F Minnesota. I don't appreciate you saying that, but I kind of understand your frustration. Lattimore. I remember he slammed his helmet down in frustration after that horrible mistake. 
I don't know, man. I mean, their secondary is good. Their defensive tackles are good. Their linebackers are good. Their tight ends are good. Their their running backs are good. Their receivers are good. And their quarterback might be top three all-time. I mean, Tom Brady, Joe Montana, freaking Drew Brees, yeah, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I don't know. Top five easily. I mean, it's some pretty incredible company. Top five-ish. Joe Montana's got to be in the top five still, right? He's got to be. I I think he's, well, yeah. He's Even though Marino's numbers are higher, I would take Montana over him. I would take Montana over uh, Manning, uh, Peyton Manning, certainly Eli Manning. I would take Montana over Manning, even though Manning had better numbers. Oh, yeah. Um, in today's NFL, with this with a different type of game, I think Montana's numbers would be higher. <laughs> I think they would. Drew Brees, though, son of a gun. He's the best. You just knew it was going to happen sooner or later, as long as he didn't get hurt, and he just, just kept going out there, that he was going to be the all-time leading passer in the NFL history. Because every single year, he throws for 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. I don't feel good about this one. Um, the fact that we're at home, there is that factor, and it helps a lot. And the Vikings almost always beat the Saints at home. That's the good part. They almost don't always don't win over there. Same old story. So we're going to dig up uh, foot, the football database again. This website is sweet, and you can look at all the history. You can look at all the history. It always picks the other team for some reason. So we're looking at it from the Saints' perspective. Yay. The Saints have lost two games in a row against the Vikings, so that's nice. Uh, 2017, the Minnesota Vikings beat the Saints 29-19. to That was one of the Saints, one of their worst years in quite a while. Uh, Minnesota leads the all-time series, and I did figure, I did know the Vikings were we're, we're leading the series 22-11, to 11, so that's good. But you had that freaking NFC Championship game. We remember that well. Since the NFC title game, the Vikings have, wow, that's crazy, 14-9 to nine over the Saints. I remember that very vaguely. Kind of a yucky game. The Vikings actually won that one. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm an idiot. It's the opposite. The Saints won that game. Only nine points. Yuck. The Saints crushed the Vikings in 2011 because the Vikings' defense sucked in 2011. Uh, the Saints won four games in a row there, starting with the NFC title game. They had lost four in a row. The, the Saints had lost four games in a row to the Vikings, including a dramatic back-and-forth game in 2008. I still remember that very well. Very, very well. The Vikings ended up making the playoffs, but what a yucky game. They ended up winning the division later on. That was on October 6th. I still remember that. I was, yeah, I was working at a, I was working in the, the service industry, we'll say, and I had to rewatch that game, and what a yucky ass game that was! But uh, fun one, nonetheless. Oh man! Oh no! I wasn't. I wasn't working at the. No, I I watched that game live. Pardon me, I did. That was the other game, uh, a different year. What a mess, though. <laughs> I'm Yeah, great game for Antoine Winfield, if I remember correctly. Um, but I'm noticing a strange pattern here. Uh. Wow, the Saints had lost eight out of their last nine to the Vikings, dating all the way back to 94. The Saints finally beat the Vikings in 01. That's crazy. Then they lost four in a row. Then they beat the Vikings in the stupid title game. Then they won four in a row, ultimately including that game. Now the Saints have lost two in a row. So weird little uh, history here between these teams. Generally speaking, the Vikings have dominated the series, but the last X amount of years, they've been winning and losing streaks, generally speaking. Right now, I think based on how the two teams are playing, the Saints are the better team. I don't like the way the Vikings play at home. They need to prove it. The Minnesota Vikings need to prove it. I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints are in the Vikings' head, much more so than the Vikings are in the Saints' head because, well, think about how that second half went. 
Vikings defense needs to be unbelievably good to win the game. I mean, the third down defense needs to be spectacular. You need to get turnovers, this and that. You're going to need somebody to step up that's not expected. Like somebody, again, like Trey Waynes, you don't think of him as the star player, but he needs to have like the game of his life. And But so does Holton Hill. He needs to hold his own at the very least. The ball will be thrown Holton Hill's direction many times in the game. Many times. And Holton Hill's going to have to hold his own because Holton Hill's going to play. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander is going to be in the slot and he's going to have to hold his own as well and he's going to be facing some dangerous situations he's going to be running into Kamara on occasion in some of those plays and you're going to have to hope for the best because it's just kind of is what it is it's going to be a tough situation oh boy I, I <laughs> right now if I'm a betting man I have to pick the Saints at the moment I want to pick the Vikings to win I believe they can Obviously, history's on the Vikings' side, this and that. The Vikings almost always win at home. In fact, let's look at the last time the... Okay, the Saints did beat the Vikings pretty badly in 2011. So that's the last time the Saints beat the Vikings in the Metrodome, as as it was at the time. So that's the last time. Um, otherwise, the Vikings have won back-to-back home games against the Saints. 2017, 29-19. Uh, that was the uh, Sam Bradford game. Yeah, that was the same stinking season. How stupid of me. No kidding. Sam Bradford had that nice game against the Saints, and the Saints were the inferior team, and Adrian Peterson was all whatever he was, and Sean Payton was ignoring him, and then you had the very dramatic game there. Uh, So the Vikings actually ended a Saints four-game win streak against us uh, with Sam Bradford kind of beating up on the Saints that night. So we'll see. Um, Right now, I think it's going to be an extremely, extremely close game, kind of like today's game with the uh, Baltimore Ravens. I think it's going to be fairly high scoring, though. It's going to be higher scoring than that one. Kirk Cousins is going to put up some nice numbers, but again, he's going against some pretty good cornerbacks. Luckily, the Vikings have some insanely good wide receivers. I do think Adam Thielen gets to eight. I do think that happens. I think Adam Thielen gets 100 yards again. He will get to eight. He'll he'll be all by himself. He'll be a world champion in that category. He'll be tied with uh, Kelvin Johnson. In that sense, he'll be all by himself in general in terms of starting the season, but he'll be tied with Kelvin Johnson for the best ever uh, in terms of uh, consecutive 100-yard games ever in the NFL history. So pretty crazy there. New Orleans Saints, I think, are going to win the game 31-28, to something along those lines. Will Lutz kicking a field goal late. Uh, maybe the Vikings have some opportunities but don't finish. Or just generally speaking, maybe the Vikings, maybe it's a tie game and the Vikings defense is unable to, to get the job done enough against the explosive uh, Alvin Kamara and Drew Brees uh, connecting down the stretch. Of course, Michael Thomas, extremely, extremely talented player as well. He's really, really uh, achieved a lot more than a lot of people expected. Then again, in that type of offense, it's hard to fail. As long as you can catch the ball once in a while and your feet work a little bit, you're probably going to get some pretty good yardage with a quarterback like that leading the way. And a pretty good offensive mind in Sean Payton. As much as we hate him, he's a great offensive mind and everybody knows it. So, with that said, Saints win 31-28. to An explosive back-and-forth kind of game. There'll be multiple turnovers. I do think the Vikings turn Drew Brees over. At least once. I think a Trey Waynes, I would not be surprised at all. But I gotta think, I, well... Freaking Kirk Cousins, I don't trust him right now in terms of not fumbling the ball. I mean, it's just every bleeping week he fumbles at least once, and I'm sick and tired of it. So I wouldn't be surprised if it happened again. But um, And I hope it doesn't happen at a key moment. 
pray to God the Vikings are able to come through, but right now I think the Saints are the better team, and they look like the, they look like they're on their way to the Super Bowl, the way they're going, or at least them and the Rams will have an epic NFC Championship matchup. Right now, that's a collision course, and the Vikings need to win this game. You talk about a statement game. This is a massive statement game if the Vikings are able to get back to the NFC title game, which right now it looks like they'd have to head out to Los Angeles, and that would be an epic game as well. With that, I'll take a break. Very, very long first couple segments here, but a lot to talk about and a very entertaining matchup. Boy, oh boy, and some scary thoughts as well with the Vikings cornerback situation not getting a whole lot better. Be back after this for Fan Interaction. Hi there, Joey. It's an early Monday morning here in the UK, and Mondays always feel so much better when the Purple win the night before. Been a while, sorry mate, been exceptionally busy over here with various bits and pieces now packing ready for my trip to uh, the Big Apple and um, hopefully a victory against the Jets. As you say, historic it could be with uh, Adam Thielen chasing down that record. So really looking forward to it. As to my thoughts on yesterday's game, concerning. Again, there were stages where the defence kind of just let things slip two very big plays from um rosen yesterday opening up some big yardage didn't like it still don't have a great deal of faith in the simmer defense this year which is unbelievable but that is the way it is uh offensively finally the o-line made a few holes to let uh, murray get through and break out and finally get the first rushing td of the season pretty unbelievable six games in and we finally got a t- touchdown I'm just watching the the first quarter of the Patriots-Kansas City game before I head off to work. And looking at an O-line on the Patriots side of the ball that can open up lanes for their running backs, it's just, wow, if only we could do that. And also, I can't believe the Browns traded um, old Flash Gordon to the Patriots. I mean, what the hell? No doubt that guy will probably get the winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. Um, (laughs) Let's hope not. Anyway, offensively, yeah, the passing game still looks pretty exciting don't like what I'm seeing from the O-line in protection though but we've had that uh, that conversation for so long now it's quite boring um, again Spielman needs to invest in that O-line if this team's going to be successful and get to the final stages of the postseason I don't sadly believe we can do it this year um, but time will tell and as always injuries will play a part as the season progresses, bad news about Mike Hughes. I believe he's having a, an MRI today. Hopefully, it's not too serious, but it doesn't look good. Also, Linval Joseph limped off, so I'm fingers crossed there that there's nothing serious on that front as well. In other news, I see that um, potentially Teddy Bridgewater might get traded to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, also reading that possibly even rejoining Pat Shermer in uh, New York. Interesting. Will he be back with the purple in a couple of years, the way he's moving around the league? Anyway, Joey, um, have a great week. And uh, let's uh, keep our fingers crossed that they can pull off that victory in New York. Um, My hit track record on live games is pretty good. So, as yet, I've never seen them lose. Well, 
that's in regular season. Post-season's a different matter. Anyway, Skull Brothers and Sisters, and uh, let's get a victory in New York. Take it easy. And I always thank you for your call in, uh, Mad Martin. That was awesome. Of course, uh, so now he was at the Big Apple today. We'll hear from him on Twitter, so that's pretty cool. He was actually at the game against the New York Jets. That's always a pretty cool thing, i got to admit. It's always nice to see people making these road trips, especially from Northern Scotland to the Big Apple. That's awesome. There he is saying Skull Brother on the Twitter account. I'll get to that here in a second. How cool is that? So interesting you should mention uh, injuries will play a factor. The injuries will indeed play a factor during the course of the season and how we have to worry about the O-line. And yeah, that's it's like I understand how it gets re- re- repetitive and all that, but it's one of those things that isn't going to go away until the Vikings do address the issue of the offensive line. And Well, Compton, well, when they talk about the three main players here that got injured, of course, today during the course of the game, Barr had the hamstring like a tie like I talked about earlier. He did not return. The ankle injury has been updated a bit from Mike Zimmer. The quote from Mike Zimmer with his, through his press conference, from Andrew Kramer anyway, the quote is written down. Mike Zimmer says, I think he's got a sprained ankle. I don't think it's a big deal. We'll see. So that's encouraging. So it's not like Xavier Rhodes is out for the season. So that's nice. But I still would not be surprised if a cornerback of some sort is brought in. Though the whole next man up bit and other guys getting an opportunity. I'm not against anybody getting an opportunity to play because you never know. Good players emerge sometimes. Of course, again, Adam Thielen ended up emerging and becoming a much better player than some of the other receivers we had, like Charles Johnson and such. It's just a, it's hilarious to imagine Charles Johnson being ahead of Adam Thielen in the depth chart, but of course that took place at some point not too long ago. The other injury, though, Tom Compton, left guard. Remember how our left guard was supposed to be Nick Easton or maybe freaking Will Hernandez? Yeah, you know what I mean? That would have been even better. But, of course, the Vikings didn't go that direction. We didn't get Jeff Daniels either. That would have been a nice left guard possibility our right guard, whichever worked, I guess, at the end of the day. Our backup center, you know, from Iowa, again, Jeff Daniels, uh, Dave Hickey, and Mark Carlson probably would have a good idea about those guys, especially Dave Hickey, because he mentions the Iowa Hawkeyes a lot. To the point, Tom Compton, they're saying, injured his right knee, and that's all we're hearing, um, injured his right knee. So what does that mean? Does that mean he hurt it really bad? Does that mean it's uh, ACL, MCL, meniscus? It's just sore, and it'll be he'll be better. Mm, very ominous there. Not a whole lot of information about Tom Compton. Uh, you just hear the word knee, and it's like, okay. Hmm. I hope that's not all she wrote, because if Tom Compton's out for the year, then what the hell is next? Because Tom Compton is already a backup. <laughs> so you get a backup to the backup at the left guard. Well, at least Danny Isadora did hold his own pretty well, and that's where the depth comes in. Danny Isadora, uh, a player that a lot of people have liked as a possible starting guard of the future at times. So that's, thank God for Danny Isadora. That's basically all i got to say about that. Obviously a very, very young guy, a draft pick a year ago. Um, I thought he did well. So certainly not perfect. Uh, Eric Wilson replaced Bahar during the course of the game, and he held his own also. So... Guys held their own. Uh, Holton Hill held, held his own as well. So we're just going to have to hope and pray that continues through the course of time. Let's look at the retweets and everything. Thanks again, Mad Martin. Awesome. Uh, 
and sometimes they just got to let you have the floor too. just let you say what you're going to say and, and, and enjoy yourself. And that's, that's what this is all about. That's what it's all about. Um, at Purple Mafia shows the Twitter account. That's where we're heading now. I want to thank Vince Germano, Malcolm McSween, Vince Germano out of Australia, Malcolm McSween out of Southern California, James Beck out of the UK, Tene Brown out of New Zealand, and I think that's... Oh, okay, yeah, that is it. Uh, Tene Brown out of New Zealand. Thank you guys so much for retweeting the most recent show. Yep, I'm going to read this again. I think, I don't remember if I read this in the last show or not, so I'll read it again for fun. Tene Brown out of New Zealand says, I'm glad we have the Vikings to support right now with all the Timberwolves drama. What a fun team full of guys that seem to genuinely get get along and enjoy each other. Great win today. And yep, that, that was last week on the 14th, but I figure I might as well mention it again because of all the Timberwolves drama. It was very frustrating. Here comes today. Yep, he says, uh, that Buffalo game was a killer, and Carlson whiffing against the Packers was infuriating. Hopefully now the team can find their stride and show us fans why we had Super Bowl aspirations from the start of the season. Kirk Cousins has quickly become one of my favorites, too. Understandably, uh, as long as he can protect the doggone football, that would be helpful. <laughs> oh. Tanae continues saying, definitely trending in the right, right direction. The Jets are definitely beatable too. Keep building confidence. Hopefully the defense can find their form from last year as well. Hughes is a big loss though. Prayers to him for a speedy recovery. And also speaking of the defense uh, from Andrew Kramer and also just during the course of the game, the Vikings had stopped 20 consecutive third downs. That's an incredible statistic. Remember how frustrating it was going back to the Los Angeles Rams game? Well, pretty much ever since that game, the Vikings had stopped 20 consecutive third downs. That's insane. The streak ended today, unfortunately, but and against an offense that wasn't that, that hot today, but, well, whatever. I guess it's good if it ended against them. Hopefully we can get it back going again against uh, someone else. Of course, when you play a lot of rookie quarterbacks in Arizona, just the vibe there. No matter how talented certain players in that roster are, I think Arizona's better than than the way their the way their games are turning out. The morale's not good. And who knows who knows what Josh Rosen is like behind the scenes. I have no idea. That guy scares me a little bit, quite frankly, if you hadn't noticed. James Beck out of the United Kingdom says completely expected, but not the clarification I wanted to see. He shows the image of the notification. Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer confirmed that cornerback Mike Hughes is out for the season with a torn ACL. Yep. Yep, that's how things turned out during the course of the week. And here we go. Tanae Brown with another gem here. He says, this headline amazes me. This was from Brian Costello in the New York area. Jets big challenge. Little known receiver who's destroying the NFL. <laughs> well, he continued to destroy the NFL wasn't the most fun game of all time for uh, Adam Thielen, and there was a helmet to helmet situation that was first called, and then the flag was uh, taken away. So, I don't know. I don't know. Players are frustrated with uh, the whole helmet to helmet this, and you can't hit him here, you can't hit him there. I don't know. At the same time, we constantly hear about concussions, so I don't know. I mean, it looked like, uh, <laughs> looked like uh, Adam Thielen was hurt. Of course, he was also spitting up a lot of blood, too. That can't be good. So, definitely a nasty situation there. Uh, Malcolm McSween says, that or it's a get-inside-the-opponent's-head type of thing. Oh, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, that was about the article when I was saying, wow, that's kind of crazy. Like, why would they actually... How was I, how was I wording it? Like, how could they actually honestly still call Adam Thielen a little-known player? Yeah, that's what it is. And then Malcolm McSween was like, 
That's like just trying to get into the guy's head. Well, I, I, they tried, I suppose. Mad Martin talking there, staying another 100-plus yards tomorrow, guys. And you're, you're right. You nailed it, Mad Martin. And there's the airplane with the turbo lift and all that good stuff. The, Vi the flying Viking has arrived. There he is, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mad Martin in the, in, the, in the Big Apple there. How cool is that? Coming to the US of A. Nice image, and thank you again very much for sharing that with me and Purple Mafia Nation there. There he is in the, in the stadium in pretty good seats. Holy cow. That must have cost a pretty penny. Wow. History, brother. Adam, another 100-plus, and the Purple finally win in New York City. And, yep, you, you, you heard the last show where the Vikings had never beaten the New York Jets there. They, they've beaten the Giants there. Let's don't forget the miracle at the Meadowlands back in 97. At very least, the Vikings won that one. Pretty sure that's the last time the Vikings beat the Giants. No, no, no. 2007, the Vikings beat the Giants there. They did. That was a pretty big deal, too. Remember when... Uh, uh, the Vikings were struggling so mightily. And then Tavares Jackson had that awesome game. The Vikings scored 42 points. Eli Manning had a, just a mess of a game. And a couple of months later, the same New York Giants team that got walloped by a Vikings team that didn't even make the playoffs won the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, the Vikings had beaten the Giants before, which obviously a more successful franchise than the Jets with four Super Bowls versus the Jets one Super Bowl. But for some strange reason, the Jets... I don't know, just tougher history against the Vikings. And also the fact, uh, well, we play the Giants a lot more often, being they're an NFC team. They're not a division rival, but you play NFC teams much more often than you play a uh, certain group of AFC teams. You're going to get a mix. You're going to play the same, you're going to play a division, but then you're also going to have a couple other NFC games mixed in, and then just one AFC division a year. Uh, this year, of course, it's the one with the Patriots, which is the AFC East. So, unfortunately, yeah, we get to play the Patriots at some point, and the Dolphins, that's always a weird matchup as well. Never forget the Dolphins stopping us at the goal line, like, multiple times at the goal line. Uh, at home, in the Metrodome, the Vikings lost the game in 2010 when the Vikings were, you know, supposed to be a decent team that year, and they just weren't. And there is Mad Martin himself on the field there, or at least oh, just above the field. There we go. Looks like he's right on the field, but might as well be. Great view there. MetLife Stadium, Skull Brother, and there he is uh, wearing a Stefan Diggs jersey and wearing the Viking beads. And Nice, must have been a fun game, and I can imagine it was pretty cold. You saw the snow flurries flying around the whole game. Um, looked nice, though. I love snow flurries. You know why I like snow flurries versus, say, mist or something? Because you don't, it never gets wet, it never makes a mess, where mist is just nasty and you get all moist and damp and it's gross and ugh. and then snow flurries is a few degrees colder and it just looks nice it's just floating around and it doesn't harm a fly it's just a little bit colder so i'll take snow flurries over mist any day but uh more importantly thank you again uh mad martin for sharing all these cool pictures and uh on the twitter account and being an awesome uh, part of this show can't thank you enough and <laughs> that's awesome to see that you went to the game and got to experience Two major pieces of history today. Of course, Adam Thielen becoming the first NFL player ever to get 100 yards in the first seven games of the season. And, of course, the Minnesota Vikings' first ever win against the New York Jets in uh, their home stadium. <laughs> because, of course, they've not only they've not, they've played in multiple stadiums over the course of the last 50 years. So, unfortunately, that's a given <laughs> over the years. Loved the New York Jets uniforms today, by the way. Uh, classic. Loved that all-green look. And the Vikings had the, had the 
like you said, the purple pants on. I always loved those purple pants. Years ago, they was unpopular, but of course, with this new, you know, this fairly new uniform now, uh, we're going to be down in the purple pants on the road. I always like that look. I've always been a fan, and uh, hope they keep it coming. <laughs> It'd be interesting to have that all purple look again. I like the Jets all green look today. So, let's inch over to the Facebook page. Of course, uh, both Tanae and, uh, I think both Tanae and Adam and, uh, and uh, Mad Martin are definitely uh, star candidates coming into the show. I do believe there was a separate post at some point as well. I think I might uh, go a different direction here if I'd like to do that. So first and, first and foremost, MN Vikings Haven. MN Vikings Haven, uh, Trevor Wickerin, kind enough to allow me to post links to Purple Mafia on that Facebook page. Nice in-game threads, Vikings news, Vikings discussion, NFL discussion, and all that good stuff. Maybe a piece, some pieces of history posted by certain members. Always recommend that Facebook page. And again, can't thank him enough for uh, allowing me to post links to Purple Mafia show on that page. So I thank you guys, those of you that have also joined that page. Okay, so let's look at a couple posts here. I did bring this up on the last show, I believe. Yes, this is when, uh, yep. Mike Hughes tore his ace. Say, oh, that was just heartbreaking. It really was. Um, oh, maybe. No, maybe. No, I'll, I'll, uh, I will mention this. Because uh, I don't think it did get on the last show now that I'm doing the math here. Uh, Tony says, I saw this and had to share. These are separate posts before I get to the other stuff. I'd rather do the separate posts first. That way they don't get left and forgotten. Because when somebody's kind enough to post on your page, take the time to post without even, with a, kind of starting his own thread. That's uh, important to me, so I, I, I want to give you your airtime. Tony Coleman out of South Dakota, Purple Mafia Hall of Famer, says, I saw this and had to share. Click the photo to see the whole thing. Pretty coincidental. The question is, or the comment is, that's kind of weird. How does it move around like that? <laughs> okay. Uh, hmm, interesting. This happened 12, 12 months after Delvin Cook... Yeah, let's let's go over this way. There's a question I never expected to ask, but it's a question that has to be asked after Mike Hughes' injury on Sunday. The Vikings' first pick in the 2018 NFL Draft tore his ACL after his knee buckled awkwardly after planning it on the 27-yard line during Minnesota's first home game in October. Interesting. Creepy. Uh, this happened 12 months after Delvin Cook, the team's Top draft pick in 2017. Remember, yes, 2017 had his ACL torn as well. At the same, exact same spot on the U.S. Bank field during the team's first home game in October. Huh. That's, uh, that's kind of creepy. I'm not going to lie. That is kind of creepy. That's, uh, amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. Thank you for ghosting that, Tony. You're a star candidate as well. That's amazing. Huh. You know, and it's just like when you sit down and you think about that, that's freaking weird and creepy. And open that again, right about there in the middle of the holy schmuckers. I mean, it's literally within a, a square foot, maybe two square feet radius. 27. <laughs> oh, let's see, we're four, two, and one. And I remember that was week six, right? That was week six. And it was week six last week, too. Frickin' creepy. That's frickin' creepy. That's frickin' creepy. <laughs> what the hell? 
Okay, that's really creepy. Okay, well, let's stay away from that spot of the field. Whoever is the 2019 draft pick, first-round pick for the Minnesota Vikings next year, whoever you are, stay away from that part of the field, the center in between the hash marks. Stay away from the the, the hash marks, the, the middle of the hash marks on the 27-yard line in the sixth game of the season next year. That's uh, freaking creepy. If it's if it's in U.S. Bank Stadium, if it's six, week six or week seven, week five, whatever it is, stay the frick away from that part of the field <laughs> the whole game, please. That's weird. <clears throat> Here we go. Fly up. There it was. I remember that 27, 2014, pardon me. And there's my guy. Oh, Jarius. And another number 17 had a very nice play today. Only one catch, but it was a wind out of the sails type of play that put the Jets completely on ice. The Jets were still kind of within somewhat of a miracle striking distance, but after that, the game was completely over. Kirk Cousins hurling the ball up in the air and uh, Eldrick Robinson pulling it in, number 17. All he does is catch touchdowns, four catches, three TDs, and there's Jarius Wright. Oh, thank you, L.A. Siddiqui, for posting this up. The Viking Age flashback Friday. Vikings get overtime win over the Jets in 2014, and that was a beauty. Can't thank you enough for posting that, L.A. Siddiqui. I love that page, and I love uh, what you posted there. Very uh, valuable in my eyes, and that was an awesome, awesome uh, moment for a lot of us there. And also nice to see uh, Jerry's right in action again. Always cool. <laughs> Can't thank you enough for that. So let's get to the threads, if humanly possible. I know uh, Gerald has an interesting thing to say on the po- the most recent show post. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash purple mafia show there's gerald and there's a couple comments oh there we go okay so the most recent episode and all that episode 276 slacking at home is now on itunes blah 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 usually we get a a comment or two in there talking about the show and thank you gerald out of nebraska purple mafia hall of famer says joey great takes on the jets game everyone else on sports talk is all about an easy w for the vikings I knew our record wasn't great historically against the Jets, but those insights were pretty shocking. Guessing we were probably favored in most of those. With that said, I don't care how they do it, but but I hope somehow we can score one more point than they do and sneak out of there with a W. Could be our chance to make up for the Bills debacle. And yeah, we did. We did to the Jets what we should have done to the Bills, put it that way. Um... Arizona game was a little bit closer than we would have liked. Maybe we could say the Jets game should have been a little closer in terms of the score because of how close it felt like. But uh, the Vikings should have beat the crap out of the Bills in the in the uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, but they didn't. Kevin Privasek says Thielen, Thielen is a beast. Thielen is a beast, and I agree with you, young young man. <laughs> Even though I don't know if you're younger or older, but I agree with you very much. Um. I'm going to look at very little pieces of the in-game thread here because I know I was kind of screwing around. Josh Mayer Henry out of Colorado says, Shit is really pissing me off that they stop playing hard when they get a little bit ahead. Yep. You should always play aggressive for the from the first kick to double zeros. Yep. And that's kind of how the second half started. The Vikings got a little something going. Or not the second half, but after they got their second touchdown. Then they kind of slacked off and gave up a huge kick return. That was pretty frustrating. I remember that very well. That was Roberts, if I remember correctly. Oh, that guy, that guy drove me crazy. <laughs> I was laughing about the interception by Holden Hill immediately after the uh, 
after uh, poor Rhodes injured his ankle. Brett McCarthy out of South Dakota says, Awesome, can't make this up. Josh Marion Henry says, Good play by Hill. Brett McCarthy, nice pick by Hill. Blah, blah, blah. Very cool there. Now push the ball on the field. Eric Mustard says, Thielen, seven 100-yard games in a row. And that's right, Eric. Absolutely awesome. Kurt Back says, whoop, there it is. Brett McCarthy, congratulations, Adam. Josh Marion Henry, 100 for Adam. Awesome. Tony Coleman says, Adam Thielen with a football uh, emoji. Eric Mustard says, let's, now let's end this zero. <laughs> Tony Coleman says, now we just have to get him over the top next week. Yep, that's when he'd be all by himself. Justin Mayer Henry out of Colorado also says, nice, kind of like a New York accent. Yep, and that was the great touchdown on fourth down. Yep, from Josh Mayer Henry mentioning it there. Brett McCarthy, that was fun. I was simply saying, well, okay, I didn't see that coming. Figured we would run the ball and burn the clock, and then we end up doing that great play. <sighs> Justin Mayer Henry says, injuries lead to a pick and a touchdown. WTF, yeah, I'm the same. How did that happen? But it did. Really good touch by Kirk, says Josh Mayer Henry. Kurt Back says, I think we broke the streak, Joey. And yes, we did. Saying, well, ladies and gentlemen, that's 48 years of not winning on the road against the New York Jets up in smoke. And it really was up in smoke. Mm, Derek Mustard was saying, oh, the Bears are down by seven. The Finns couldn't get by the Lions today, though. That's unfortunate. Josh Mayer Henry says, I feel good if we stop them here. Jeff Froyland says, Road go Rhodes goes down. They throw at his replacement interception. Thielen goes down, and his re replacement gets a touchdown. Yep. If that's not next man up, I don't know what is, and that was pretty awesome. Justin Mayer Henry says, boom, boom. Kurt says, I love it. Josh says, now that should lock this one up. Thanks, Waynes. Yep, that was the interception by Trey Waynes, the uh, Fran Tarkington Award winner for today. So, see, uh, Josh Mayer, Justin Mayer Henry, a couple of posts here, says, that second half fire delivered. This game was boring as hell to begin with, and it sure was. Jets fans left a long time ago. Damn losers. Vikings need, uh, Brett McCarthy says Vikings need to have better offensive play calling. Few mis miscues, but cleaned it up in the second half. Yeah, I mean, some of those some of those passes were unnecessary. They should have just been uh, running, I think, on some of those to burn the clock a bit. I was saying, oh, yep, Darnold, not all of his interceptions were his fault. Brett McCarthy says, if they get it together... Oh, and then I bump this. Stupid. And that messed everything up. Oh, boy. Well, just have to come back to it in a second. So, here's what he says. If they get it together, they will be scary. Yep, the Jets. I think so, too. Um, Brett McCarthy says, when when is our bye week? That would be... In a, that's a little ways down the road yet, unfortunately. Uh, yep, three weeks. Yep. So, for some reason, I was mentally thinking the Saints game was after the bye. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> luckily, <laughs> luckily, I didn't make that kind of a gaffe. Check that before the game was even over. In three weeks, uh, Josh Mayer Henry. Yep, yep. Remember, Carthy was thanking Josh for the information there. So... Viking fans are all that's left in the stadium, says Justin. Yep. Brett McCarthy says, thanks God for our backups. Yeah. Oh, they did a good job. A lot of backups out there, and they did a hell of a job today. So, thank you very much to Danny Isadora, uh, Aldrich Robinson. You could go on. Uh, Eric Wilson. 
was the other one? And Holton Hill. The guys really stepped up and did a hell of a job today, so that's awesome. And, of course, uh, Stephen, Stephen Weatherly, who ultimately re- replaces the uh, missing spot of Everson Griffin, but, of course, the uh, position ultimately replaced by Daniel Hunter, the uh, right end there. Jeff Holmgren says, Who is calling defensive plays? Luckily, they didn't play a good team today. Two slant passes on 3rd and 10 and 3rd and 11. One pass gets batted down, and the other is a two-yard gain. This offense is too predictable. I understand that. Uh, yes, it, it is becoming predictable. Chris Funnert Sr. Funker Sr. says, It was like Norv Kerner ba- back again, was back again. Yeah, <laughs> Jeff Holmgren says, Yep. And Ponderous quarterback, second quarter was the worst football. It really was awful. Uh... That was horrible football. Uh, and this section is wrapped up. This is the in-game thread wrapped up. I made similar comments during that quarter, but all in all, they had enough moments of greatness to win. Yep, to get the W skull. And yep, very true. So, let's get to the final section, which is the post-game thread. I thought I was looking right at it here. What's going on? There it is, post-game thread. <laughs> so crazy. Sebastian Barton, there he is. Very aggravating, annoying, tough game to watch, especially the first half. But, yeah, you could even go into the third quarter. But we ended up winning, so that's all that matters. And we're in first place again. And, yeah, that first half was absolutely aggravating. Yankee Zong out of Brooklyn Center says, Thank you, defense, for showing in the second and in the second half. Yep. Josh Muir-Henry says, Another ugly W, but it's a W. Second half was way better than the first half. Tony Coleman says, here's a picture of my daughter doing her best impression of today's Vikings devouring the green. There you go. That must be a one of those pistachio, uh, no, is it? Is it a pistachio muffin or is that just green icing? Maybe that's just green icing on a cupcake. Very cool. Very popular picture there. A lot of people like that one. <laughs> Very cool, Tony. Brett McCurley says, just don't get the offensive play calling in the first, second half. It was, was better. Yep. It was strange. Matt Emer out of the UK. Victory. Yep, from Victor the Viking there holding his hands up. Brent McCarthy says defense showed up again. Brent Jacobson says hopefully the injuries to Barr and Rhodes aren't super serious. Apparently the Rhodes one hopefully isn't. Yes, according to Mike Zimmer. He's hopeful. So that's good. Uh, Sprain is a sprain, so that can be an issue, but... Hope and pray that uh, it's not a lingering thing. And, uh, oh, we're only playing the Saints next week, though, so it won't be a huge problem if Rhodes isn't available. Oh, wait. (laughs) But, hey, if the backups play as well as they did today, that's great. Unfortunately, Breeze and Darnold right now, yeah. Well, even Drew Breeze didn't start out so good when he was a rookie. The first couple years there, he was kind of shaky in San Diego. But then when he took off, he took off. And by the time he got to New Orleans, he was already becoming a a star, and then he, now he's like, like about his first ballot as it gets. Unless, of course, he was the, uh, the Bounty Gate captain, but I don't think he was, so. (laughs) Part of the cover-up, oh, yes, but that's about it. But, of course, you're going to cover for your freaking team that won the Super Bowl. That's the last thing he wants is to get, uh, Super Bowl trophy taken away. That would be kind of depressing. (laughs) Justin Mayer Henry says, hooked on Adam Thielen, Ugly, but the wind still blew us a W. Time to crush the Aints, and I hope we do. Tony Coleman showing the graphic of the NFC North Division standings, and he says, back on top for now, Kings of the North. Kings of the North! And the good part is, 
Yeah, well, there's the the other team that we're dealing with also has a tie. That's the Packers, and well, we'll see how long they last. They're not as good as the Vikings. The Vikings tied them in their house. I don't think they're going to beat us in our house. I don't think so, and I hope they don't. <sighs> Dave Hickey out of Iowa says, yes, a tough, windy one today. We found out how to grind out a team late. Joey is talking about the history of the Vikings traveling east there, that there aren't a lot of victories in the Jets. Strong running game. And our main run stuffer, Linval, out. I thought things may have gone bad from there. Now we can get a victory off the get a victory off the yeah, off uh, the the Pats in a few weeks from now. We need to create a championship type of team and break out against the team. Yep, break out against them demons. Yep, basically knock the demons away and of course beat the Saints, especially for the next week here. Leland says, who's also from Iowa. Cousins struggled, but a lot of teammates stepped up. Defense is dropping like flies. Let's keep it together, boys, and hopefully... Mike Feller, Stu Evans says, I hope Rhodes isn't out for too long, and hopefully he isn't. Yeah. Dave, David Landsteiner. Okay, welcome aboard. This might be the first time I've heard from you. He says, Barr, Rhodes, Joseph, Cook, all concerning, and I couldn't agree more. Of course, it's a huge concern. I think Joseph is one of those guys where he's going to be back next week. As for Barr and Rhodes, hopefully, uh, hamstrings are very, uh, you know, like, you know, like, you know, groins are. It's really hard to say, and they can get aggravated very, very, very easily. Very precautionary type injuries, hamstrings, groins, and of course, like a concussion as well. Very, uh, <laughs> you know, you're at the mercy of the severity, and you're at the mercy of the person's ability, uh, body to heal, all the above, and always the fear, like a groin or a hamstring, it can get re-injured so easily, unless it's like just about completely healed. So it's it's one of those things. We're gonna have to hope and wait and see here. Uh, sometimes roads. The one hope is that guy can be pretty dramatic sometimes. Remember, multiple times during last season, it looked like he was like hurt really, 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 really bad, and then he's back in the game, and then he looks like he's hurt really, 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 really bad, and he's back in the game. So that's the one hope that Rhodes might have dramatized it a little bit. And he'll be back in the game next week. Uh, that's what I'm hoping and praying for. Cook, is this finally, is next week finally going to be his week to play again? He did really good against the Saints last year, and we could really use him again this year. We're going to really need Anthony Barr, but Wilson luckily can hold down the fort for the time being. Rhodes needs to be healthy. And the thing is, you don't want him playing slightly hurt. You don't really want him playing like hurt or semi-injured. Because, I don't know, you're almost maybe better off with a healthy Holton Hill if Rhodes is like a step or two slow because of that injury. So, it's all kind of up in the air right now. Desperately want a healthy Rhodes out there. But, I don't know what to say about that one. It's a it's a scary game, and that's why I actually don't have the Vikings winning it. So, go out and prove me wrong again, guys. Prove me wrong. Like, you, like, you know, like, like I know you can. Like they did against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles this year. That's the one I was wrong about. And, of course, beating the Buffalo Bills, I was wrong about that, too. But, uh... Yeah, <laughs> go out and prove me wrong again, and uh, let's protect home field. That's definitely the goal. The stars for the day, well, shoot, it's always tough. <laughs> it's always tough. Some thought-provoking picture, uh, thought-provoking images and such. Uh, my Lord, it's always tough. <laughs> Gonna give, uh, well, 
you know, for somebody to travel, spend all that money to go to that game and all that. And James Beck got a gold star last year, too, of being at that uh, British game last year with the Cleveland Browns, if I remember correctly. That was awesome. Mr. Uh, Mad Martin, you get the gold star this week. Awesome post, obviously. Awesome call-in. And, uh, you know, your loyalty to this team and to this show is incredible. It's well, well, well noticed. Tanae and uh, Tony Coleman both will ring up the Silver Star. Tanae gets like a gold-plated Silver Star. Just an, uh, Did I say uh, uh, Tony Coleman gets a gold-plated Silver Star? Just an awesome week. And, of course, Tanae, too. Great, great commentary. Great uh, conversation on Twitter and keeping up with things. Love you so much. And, of course, obviously, just like an absolute Hall of Famer for Terminals Explosions uh, page. And he's heading that way for this one, too, very much so. Uh, thank you again very much. Good conversation, guys. Uh, Tony Coleman, just fascinating stuff. And also that cute little picture there as well with the green uh, uh, cupcake. That <laughs> was funny. Eating those those New York cupcakes, huh? <laughs> I didn't think they were cupcakes, but the score makes them look like it, I guess. Uh, awesome. Fascinating photograph, though. That's why that's basically a gold star, too. In fact, I could just, I mean, you know, I mean it's basically gold star material. In fact, I could have you share it with... Uh, Dave Martin, in a sense, uh, it's just, but yeah, Dave Martin traveling and all that, and that's, how can you not give him a gold star, and plus with the amazing calls that he always gives to the show, and uh, the passion on the Twitter, and taking the time to be a part of things, that's awesome, so, bronze stars, well, Jared Swing easily gets that, Dave Hickey, you know, Dave Hickey could get a, at least a bronze every week, he's just fantastic, he's gonna get one, uh, like the commentary from a lot of you out there. Going to give one to Eric Mostar, too, a bronze star. So thanks, guys, so much for the inclusion, always. Thank you guys for being a part of this show and keeping it fun. Opinions to bounce off of and such. I've dragged this way longer than I need to. This is just one game. You think this is a freaking State of the Vikings show? I'm sorry. There was so much to talk about today, even though it was a weird game. So I'm going to try to cut this shorter next week if I can. Holy crap. I didn't mean it to be this long. Thanks again, guys, though, for being a part of things. Take care. Enjoy the beautiful fall colors. I'm going to keep doing that. <sighs> There's the phone lines, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling into the Purple Mafia show. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question. Unfortunately, it's three minutes, so it's an actual because it's an actual voicemail. Dylan will send it to me as soon as he can. I highly recommend, though, going the audio submission route, which what Mad Martin has done many times and Tene Brown has done at times on uh, Timberwolves Explosion. Use the free voice recording application on your smart device. Treat it like a phone call. Save it and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. All the information, including the email address, Facebook page, Twitter account, will all be in the show description, including the phone number. Until next week, everybody, enjoy the fall colors. Enjoy the wonderful, wonderful uh, <coughs> view outside. Uh, try to survive that cold wind because it was all over the country. So it wasn't just in New York. It wasn't just here. It's all over the place. But uh, enjoy yourself. Take care. And I'll try to cut this a couple minutes shorter next week. Some of you don't mind, but geez, I mean... I think it's a little too long. My apologies. Take care. Talk to you next week.